True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now, you're out there, you have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water <laughs> okay. and mow, and they'll do the rest. Nope. Weed control, which you hate, fertilization, mm -hmm. aer aeration. Can't stand it. Among others. They'll do all that. So you can do literally anything else. Dana's out there like Yellowstone. You have better things to do in your free time. I know you do. You don't want to focus on lawn care. True green is too good to be true, mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. But it is true. Right, David? Because yeah. you're going to have more time to do yeah, things that you want to focus on. All the hard work and it gets yeah. you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let True Green take care of this one thing. Get it off your plate. You know what? I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some I, I might. This, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll call you later, talk, True Green. Talk to True Green. <laughs> Where can listeners mm -hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to TrueGreen.com. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. Whoa. They offer a satisfaction guaranteed, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. That is such a cool thing. Good job, True Green. You're nailing it. Hey, David, how's it going? What day of the week is it? <laughs> Why don't know. you get to bed, bed hair? <laughs> you know what I was saying the other day is there's a downside to COVID and no one thinks that. And then I, I know. Like, Remember I said, who is the guy who said, you know what? This is COVID as a downside. Dana and I are doing this because we, uh, I could pull him out like uh, pulling teeth to go to dinner, which has to be within a quarter mile of his house. And then we would talk and laugh. We told SNL stories and we have dinner with Neil and another guys from the show. We thought there's so many people that watch SNL. Let's try it. Let's just talk about it and bring in all the cast members or music or hosts and bullshit. Yep. We could have called this inside baseball because it is, everyone has a variation on a theme so far of their experience. Never forgetting it. But yeah, I was pretty demanding with restaurants. It is a quarter mile away. But one time you enticed me to, Beverly Hills, and we sat near the kitchen and had to take pictures for a half hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that can happen hey, sometimes. you know, when the owner, wait, we think it's some pictures now. <laughs> Which, again, this is not complaining, but uh, the place we go is pretty mellow. I yeah. like it dark and quiet. I like when the busboy comes by. You know, a lot of people will help you at their level. Like, he comes by, he goes, hey, Joe Dirt. I go, all right. And he goes, hey, I'm going to give you some extra bread. <laughs> and I go, all right, because that's nice of him. At his level, that's how he's helping. Hey, man, me. I don't mind that because I was a busboy oh, for three fuck, years so at the I, Holiday dude. Inn. We called ourselves table maintenance personnel managers. Yeah, I, I was uh, not a great busboy. They always said, they had a big chart in the back, lift with your legs. I'm like, I've never lifted my legs fucking once. Everything is across the table, and I have to lean over and pop my spine. Jesus, so you were a busboy too? Yeah, guy. They, I tried to be a waiter, and he goes, you don't got the stuff. I go, what stuff? This is harder. It took me six months. I was a dishwasher. I was a dishwasher. Too. I was that. That was the Hobart three thousand. I was just bleeding, <laughs> and cutting. And we sweating. had the cum sucker eight thousand. Oh, I would eat the food. Uh, off the, oh, I off, ate. I off, ate right off the. I right ate off the thing. always in the back. Every I would watch people and go, "Don't finish that fucking steak, dude," because I'm going to eat it. No, they were just thousands of plates, and then the guy came back every twenty minutes. My first shift. You, you want to still do it? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna quit because everyone would quit. You know like how I got fired? Is because the guy goes. 
don't be a waiter. You're not a waiter, and they, they don't like when you talk to them. I go, but I'm like, you know, I'm sort of an upbeat guy. They go, I don't give a fuck. You're the busboy. So on, on a Father's Day, it was packed, and we were selling shark. That was a special. <laughs> this is in Arizona, which is so f- gross. And so I walk by the table, and someone goes, how's the shark? I go, I got a motto. I don't eat them. They don't eat me. Can I talk to you? I go, fuck. So the manager goes, what did I just say? I go, he goes, what are you doing over there? I go, I don't know, killing? And he goes, no, you're not. I go, dude, I'm getting applause breaks. Hey, man, I waited on Rich Little. Nice. Everyone back says, oh, dude, you're Jimmy Stewart. I waited on Richard Pryor. I waited oh, on shit. Carlin. I brought him a bowl of oatmeal. And he goes, oatmeal, <laughs> drop the O and you have at meal. I said, give it a rest. Okay? <laughs> give it a rest. There's no blue food. I gave I gave Richard Pryor a Denver omelet. And I came back to get the plate. He goes, whoever made this omelet can suck my dick. <laughs> and I never knew if it was a compliment or like, but I think he loved it. That sounds nice. Well, uh, Chris Rock is a good buddy of uh, both of ours. I'm Chris pretty Rock. tight with him. He's such a nice, You're, cool yeah, dude. He, he was in your team, yeah. your era. and uh, But to me, always seemed just I sounds kind of corny. Like an old soul. I, I just don't see Chris like in high school skipping around or something. No. He, he had this wisdom about him and he has this skill set of distilling things to the essence yeah. very quickly if you're around him. And he gave me an incredible compliment once because I was at 93. I, was, I said, well, I guess I'm going to leave the show. And he goes, leave the show. They're going to have to get like five guys to replace you yeah it's such a sweet thing but that was that was my experience he's a he's a smart guy he's very uh he's very nice down deep he's, he's not like a Insensitive. cool super yeah and any um i think he's an honest guy and we talked to him he's very honest it's like you know when he's off snl and they ask about lauren michaels and he says the man gave me a job yeah you know there was never any complaining no bitterness uh, that he got not fired a, nothing just, no, yeah, he's still so. one of my tight buddies. So let's uh, let's, let's hear see, from let's Chris. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Rock, are you in that sweet pad I saw that was near where we ate? Yeah, I'm in that sweet pad. I told you, I'm, when I go on tour, you can borrow it. You can help me stay. I don't care. Rock said I could stay there. Hang on, Dana. I wet the bed, and so I said I shouldn't stay at his house because I'd feel embarrassed. You still wet the bed. I was a bed wetter. There's no way to get out of a wet bed with any dignity. <laughs> what happened, dear? But anyway, that's we'll get to the childhood stuff in a minute. But Chris, on your, a day off for you, not a family day, but a Chris day. Like it's going to be totally off, no emails. You're going to have fun. Does that great Chris day include uh, having to go on a podcast? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you, you know, know you're, you're performing. I love the lady, but I really love Spade. So. I know. Yeah. So you had to do it. Anything Rock and I came Spade. in together. Yeah, thank you, Rock. Uh, you know, Almost when, anything for Dana, but anything No, but you Spade. guys were the junior varsity who, who outdid the varsity. But we had a junior varsity team consisting of Farley, you, Sandler, Schneider, and, and yeah. David. I mean, it was an incredible junior yeah. varsity team that was being trained to take over when we left in a way right no it was uh yeah and it's amazing that yeah farley like colby bryant came off the bench people forget yeah oh yeah we do a whole <laughs> show and we too. go hey how about this guy farley <laughs> which is yeah, like i don't even know why they hired us because normally they bring in the new people when the old people are you know <laughs> gone you know <laughs> yeah start not not doing great you guys were in rare form. I mean, 
That was, you know, that was the beginning of a 18, 20 person cast. When I came in, it was like basically four feature players or there were six total. And that was the beginning. And now there's like 21. So it never went back to just five people being the cast right after that. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I went the other night and I, I couldn't believe how long the... <laughs> the credit roll is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don Pardo's like... I was like... And- <laughs> Jimmy and Al Roker, Al Roker's in the, on SNL. Like, I couldn't yeah. believe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how many people are in this cast? We started, it was just so people know. It, I, I came on at the end four shows of the previous season. So Rob Schneider and I got hired to write for four episodes. On those four, mm-hmm. Dice Clay was a host. We had a couple of good ones, you know. Alec Baldwin's first show. And then... When the summer came, we we got picked up, and then that's when Rock and Farley came. Right, Rock? Were you a full mm-hmm. cast? Or were you a feature player? Me and yeah, me and Farley got brought on together. We were yeah. the new guys that year. Yeah, so we were In all September. sort of new together. Yeah, so we got close offices, and we uh, Rock, who people don't know because he's <laughs> tough on TV. So am I. I've come off like a hard ass athlete. But Rock was, is a nice person, and I was sort of an, out of my element from Arizona, and we gravitated just because we were kind of in over our heads, like everyone is there, I guess, when they start. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, they always had that thing. It was the stand-ups and the improv guys. Yeah, yeah. And the improv guys were more technically prepared for the show, but the stand-up guys, because we write our own material. And we live and die by the crowd. We were more, I thought, mentally prepared for the show. Like, because the show is, yeah, the show is killed or it didn't kill. Yeah. Like, we could, you know what I mean? Like, the stand ups, I thought, were less into the politics of who likes who and who's close with Downey and who's close with Lauren. That's (laughs) like improv guys, because they're thinking, they're they're in a group think and stand (laughs) like Sandler. To come from writing on the show and this, by force of nature, make himself, you know, the biggest cast member. Huge. Only a stand-up could do some crazy shit like that. (laughs) Yeah. I think I got on, I caught on to Sandler. We always thought he was funny, but Chris, Dana, you... We all know great comedians that never pop or never make it. And I'm like, I watch a guy go, this guy's better than me and I probably make more. You know what I mean? They're just, they don't get discovered. And when you see Sandler, I think it was somewhere around Crazy Spoonhead where I'm like, this fucking guy does not run out of ideas. He does not stop. And he just fucking crushes. It's it's every mm-hmm. week it was a new one. I'm like, God damn, this guy's got it. He would yeah. he would crawl around on all fours down the hallway. I'd be in my office and I'd hear a little hey, knock. <laughs> and he would come in so gently and so quietly. But he wanted me to introduce Opera Man because he'd done it once and they didn't what you know so that i from update somehow i introduced it and it was separate and he had a little stage and that was the beginning but when i first saw sandler his likability and charm let's just talk about him for a sec he'll hate it yeah, uh, hey. just sitting in a chair and leaning back hey I mean, it was like whoa you know and, and the the girls liked him let's yeah. face it and uh then he's adam sandler but i he's was the original pete davison he was <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Pete Davidson, great comic, but I am fascinated by who he has sex with. I mean, that's a big part of my life, following that thing. Big I'm at the show. <laughs> I guess I can say this without getting whatever. Let's get, let's go. And uh, so, you know, I'm at the Kim show. By the way, Kim was incredibly funny, right? Yeah, great. And yeah. I'm just sitting backstage. I was like, who's it going to be? It's like, it's not me. It's not me. I'm like, she's probably met Blake Griffin already. I was like, you know, maybe Pete. This might be it. <laughs> really? I mean, it's sort of pushed to the front because Colin Jost is married. It just sort of yeah, gravitates. Yeah, right. like, Colin's married. I was like. You'd be good, though. No, I'm more of a Chloe guy. I'm more of a Chloe guy. Oh. Well, the language starts like this. Aren't they're, they're just friends. Plus, I'm friends with Kanye. That would have been too weird. Oh, yeah. But that would have been too weird. But they, they said they always say they're just friends. Then they say they enjoy each other's company. They're hanging out. You know, it, it, you see the trajectory here. At first, they're I thought they're both lovely people, by the way. Oh, so uh, I, Pete Davidson I, I is well. very charismatic as a person. I really see why women would like Pete. He's funny. He's yeah. cool. He's got a great voice. He's really tall too. It's like it's like how many. Many tall guys. Tall trumps most things. Yeah. Uh, Most things. Rock, I have a question about when you did your first, when your first. Do you have like questions prepared? Did you guys actually. Yeah, we care about you. My goal was for you not to be bored. Like, so you got an SNL and then bring the pain really blew up, right? Oh my God. You know what I mean? So I have questions for you that I'm actually curious, like as if we were hanging out. Yeah. But if you want us to ask about anything let, I, it, let us I'll know answer anything you i'm want. curious about ahead, if David. rock felt if it was not fair but i i did one weekend update in my first four shows and it scared the fuck out of me we all weren't really actors we hadn't done much so rock's first show they were so salivating over rock to come in and do all these sketches they couldn't do that i remember i think they overloaded you with so well, many, because okay, there was a, the a I Confederate got sketch, especially. Yes. I almost I got, SNL hadn't had a black cast member in like nine years. Most people think I'm the black guy after Eddie. I'm actually the black guy after Damon Wayans. And, and Living Color was killing it at this point. And it was like a bunch of whatever, SNL so white articles or whatever. And then I got hired. So, yeah, there was like this immediate thing where like, you're going to do some Eddie Murphy stuff, right? I'm like, I don't, I don't do any impressions. <laughs> they brush off all the <laughs> old a Murphy That's a lot of pressure. You know, the Eddie Murphy <laughs> type stuff. any impressions. I don't do any voices. You know what I mean? Like, I do what I do. I mean, you know. But uh, so, yeah, I guess there was pressure. You have to do act and you have to look at cue cards. And you, have, and, you know, just being in one sketch, you're terrified all week. Or I was. And you have to inch your way in. And you were like hosting that first time because I remember you were in a lot of sketches. They're pulling you every which way. You have a million costume changes. And the scariest one was I was a soldier in the Confederate soldier. I don't know what the sketch was. You were the first black uh, general or something. I don't know. Franken wrote it. Franken. And he was fucking roughing you up. No one should have to work with Franken the first year on the show. Never. (laughs) That's what I was getting at is he's so tough. (laughs) Now, what are you doing? It's like, okay, you've been on two years. 
now you can work with Al Franken. <laughs> God I mean, damn. He was intimidating. He's great. He's, he's an amazing guy, but, you know. He's you a little, little intimidating he, because he doesn't, he's very blunt. Well, that wasn't very funny. You know, you have to get used to that. He's you know. the white Lou Gossett Jr. from Office of the Joe. Oh, like, <laughs> what you gonna do, mayonnaise? Was it that what he mayonnaise? called? Him? Mayonnaise. Because <laughs> I remember that sketch. I he's was the like, Jewish Lou Gossett. Rock, but was it weird? Because if I didn't really think about it that way, but In Living Keller is is doing great. You must feel like you're almost stuck on SNL because. <laughs> it's like it fuck. I should be. On. I did. I. I mean, I loved it, and I loved you guys. But it was a weird. You know, I'm sure Jackie Robinson used to like go to Harlem after the fucking games with with the Dodgers and shit. It's like right. shit's happening uptown. Why am I here with yeah. uh, Pee Wee Reese? But uh, <laughs> Pee Wee Reese, good reference. When you went on In Living Color, <laughs> you finally went on there. Did you? Were you? Uh, was it fun or was it not fun at that point? No, when I finally got there, the Waynes were gone. Keenan was gone. I was like, <laughs> I, didn't know that. I don't even know what the hell I was on. I was on, but it was weird. I got to work with Jim Carrey and Jamie Foxx was there. Okay. Um, you know, all of that SNL and Living Color, it was just for me to make friends and to kind of learn about writing and writing on a deadline. Yeah. All of that was just training. And, you know, I was, I was supposed to do stand-up. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a humbling boot camp that just reminds you that everyone got there because they were good and then you're immediately shit on. And you're yeah, immediately, I mean, it's like a wake up call. Like, oh, fuck. I'm not the first good. guy to like, maybe, you know, the show wasn't perfect for me, but, you know, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Stiller, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like a lot of people that kind of, you know. Jim Carrey, I auditioned with Jim Carrey, you know. I mean, and I thought, well, we got to pick Jim Carrey. Guy's insane. Uh, but dude, he killed on In Living Color. Yeah. I auditioned, the night I auditioned, the night me and Sam were auditioned, we were at, at the uh, Chicago Improv. And uh, Dana Gould was so good. No, well. Oh, I wow, left dang. the audition. Yeah. Like, SNL I didn't guy. Even I mean, uh, Sam Fran guy. Yeah. I, 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 like, I was like, okay, this is over. This guy. Smart, funny. Smart, funny, like, yep. whatever. Like, this guy's so much better than me. I am out of my league. And I left. And later that night, Lauren, you know, whatever, found out what hotel I was in and told me to come downstairs and basically told me I had to show. I didn't even, like, that's how good Dana Gould was. Like, yeah. let me get the fuck out of here because I'm wasting my time. I yeah. think with Lauren, it's, 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 um, it's like almost a sports analogy or something. He's looking at people can play well together a little bit. You know? Well, I actually, I asked him that in reference to Dana Gould, and it is no knock on Dana. Dana's had a great career writing on The Simpsons. It's fucking great, great specials, the whole thing. Lauren said the thing, I, 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 yeah, I said, what did you see in us? Because I was like, what did you see in me and Sam? Because we both were like, what the fuck are we doing here? Hmm. And he said, well, you guys had original thought. Yeah, that's a uh. big thing is writing. They always look <laughs> He's at writing like, and they don't ah. think that. We both had like a joke somewhere that he hadn't heard before. And I love that. that's why he hired us. What was, like, what would be like, uh, at that time, didn't Sandler's have the thing about who's guarding Will Chamberlain? Who's the Will Chamberlain thing's one of the greatest. Yeah. For people, for <laughs> people of comedy. Do you that just should be an NFT. Explain that. <laughs> it should be an NFT. That, that. <laughs> 
It was so original and so funny. But I want to know what your signature thing you might have had, at that, or your that go-to, moment, your go, your most surefire bit. You know, I had a bit about going to an abortion rally to meet women that I knew were fucking. That was. <laughs> I remember that. That was pretty radical. That was that radical in, in 1989, 90. Yeah. Like, whoa! Well, well, Rock came whoa. came with more hype than Sandler, I think. I think Rock, when I got there, everyone was telling me, pss, pss, pss. and I also heard a lot of hype about Farley. And then we knew Sandler from the Valley, so me, Schneider, and maybe Dennis, maybe Dana were helping, saying Sandler's funny. He came soon after. But it, it was weird. Like, first, you know, you can tell if people had game, and sometimes you can just tell around the office, you can tell it read through, but... I, I definitely was looking around that place going, everyone's great. I, it's on, I mean, when you go down to Smile, yeah, Jack Handy. Talk about uh, original thoughts. Every Jack Handy sketch, I'm in read through going, you're fucking shitting me. I should quit the business. I don't even know what I'm doing. He would hit, he would, the, the weirdest ideas. Yeah. Hey, well man, written. I remember Mike Myers, just shit that didn't get on. I still remember to this day. I'm like, what the fuck? I've mentioned to people, they ask me about, oh, the greatest cast, whatever. And I mentioned specifically 90 to 93 because of every there were too many cylinders firing. And again, you'd have a Toons is the Cat or Myers do Sprockets, you do Nat X, David do this, fan, Sandler, you guys were coming up and getting a fan following. I think those three years was like, sometimes I'd sit back and go, man, that show kicked ass. Because they got the, the overlap. They got you guys and we're coming up and it's yeah. crossing. And then you guys all leave and then it's just us, but- yeah, we had Phil, yeah. we had Jan, we had, you know, it's just like, that was a Nora. wild, wild time. Yeah. Yeah, it was an insane, I learned, I learned more there than I had learned, you know, any other time in my life. And good people, you know. Rock, you're friends with Kanye, is he crazy? <laughs> He's an eccentric guy, you know. I, I do say eccentric because Kanye, I think, is so smart like in maybe that elon musk way or something because he's so good at what he does yeah i mean it makes kanye, you not fit in what kanye i always go is he worth it and i was like so far <laughs> as, a, I mean, as but, a friend or just as as a just, just as an artist it's like artist, put you yeah. through a lot but you're like okay that record's pretty great hey these <laughs> i, I like, loved i it, love these sneakers you know what i mean yeah <laughs> Uh, is this true? And and I I would I love that if it is true. But I think he had a prom at SNL uh, with a sketch or something a music thing, obviously, and there was technical issues. The set and he said, or something. He said apparently he said you don't understand. I'm Stanley Kubrick. So I thought to me Stanley Kubrick is like you know. Yeah, I mean, compared to the about Bat right. Boys, he is Stanley Kubrick. But to reference, to, to reference, I'm Stanley <laughs> like, Kubrick. In the, in the world of rap, yeah. That's an NTF. I'm Con, I'm Stanley con, Kubrick. Compared to Young MC, yes, he is fucking Stanley <laughs> Kubrick. <laughs> well, you know, my kids turned me on to hip-hop and rap. Now I love it. But it took me yeah, a while. Well, but, but now it's gone to porn rap, which is very interesting. Hey, I, you know, always interesting. It's gotta go. You gotta meet the two. They gotta meet at some point. I did a, it was inevitable. Yeah. It made total sense when, when it happened. Uh, Cardi B was on the Super Bowl commercial. Mike and I did. Couldn't have been sweeter and just gentle, you know, and I hadn't, wasn't that familiar with her music, but meeting her and then hearing WAP, it's like, okay, I got it. I got it. You I, know what's really funny about Cardi B? 
uh, a friend of mine turned me on to her years ago, just from her Instagram feed. And I kind I tried to get her a deal at Comedy Central to do a show, like a comedy really? show. Because she's funny. I, I thought I, I, I'd never heard one rap. She hadn't, wasn't even rapping or whatever at the time. I was like, this girl's funnier than everybody. Yeah. You know what's I, interesting? I, you told me that about funny. Nicki Minaj years and years ago. I didn't know who Nicki Minaj was. And you go, have you, I said something about her and you go, actually, she's really funny. She's, she's got a great personality. <laughs> yes. And yeah, that yeah. was the first of me going, oh, really? I like that you look at it with those eyes because sometimes I look at, I can't help it when I meet women or, and not that you were dating them, but when you just meet women, that sort of easy, funny thing that comes out of them is always really a great quality because they don't try to be like Robin Williams. They're just, they're a funny personality. I love it. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're a handsome guy, David, so you think you have a chance. I don't think I have a chance. So I <laughs> you're the good looking guy. Whenever we go listen. out, they like I'm rock better. Like, okay. They always go, why aren't you Chris Rock? And I go, I can't uh, be. He's don't you get more handsome than ever, Chris? Don't you get that? Oh, thank you. It's not thank like you. you're like. It's not like you're aging horribly. I'll just say that you're you're very. We're great. all doing well. <laughs> he looks cooler when he if gets I, older. Yeah, I'm if older. I lean back and have the mic here, I'm in good shape. The neck is not happy with this age, but this is pretty good. <laughs> I lose. You lose volume in your face, and you kind of your face recedes into your skull. So you need glasses. You need this is something Jerry Seinfeld will do eventually. But uh, can I? Do you want to? Shall I ask you kind of off the kilter question? I had yeah, that's a question. Last night. Oh, because I'm, I'm name dropping. Oh, who did you have dinner with you guys last night? Me, Jerry, Colin. <laughs> just what the fuck? Uh, Paul McCartney. Good, Jesus good. Guy O'Siri, Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> JR. Did they shut down the restaurant or what the fuck? And uh, Aziz Ansari. Which Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> so Paul McCartney goes, you know, I'd like something, you know, a little sudsy on the top. And Jerry goes, <laughs> yeah. I don't want That's exactly anything why with suds. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't I like say it. that as a name drop. I was just, I was just feeding Dana. I Dana love go down that. The line. I do Jerry Seinfeld as a serial killer because I don't think Jerry has two gears and Fallon does this one gear. But sometimes Jerry goes when he did his president bit, someone wanting to be president. I think I'm just the right guy for that thing. I think I could do president. too. He has that do 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 do. So I do him as a serial killer. I'm just going to go in, cut your spleen, go down the liver and do the thing. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, sorry. I could do Paul McCartney. Kills. <laughs> Killed. Kills. Um, kills. So what the, do you the like? The lady always kills. So when you're in that situation with those people, you just look at the table and kind of go, I belong, right? I mean, you're chill. I mean, you, you're in that situation. We're in that situation right now. We're all pretty accomplished, us three. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, hey, nobody looks at Paul McCartney and goes, Hi, I should be here. <laughs> how you doing, my equal? Nobody does that. But, <laughs> but you know, he's so, maybe, he's, there's no maybe one like Jerry. But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. through lots of therapy, yeah, I can kind of relax. Doing but McCartney stuff. seems like he likes to hang out. With pe uh, funny people also get a pass. They they like little court jesters around. I've been invited to shit out of mostly curiosity factor. They just mm -hmm. go, Spade, go. Keep it, <laughs> keep things moving. I'm like, beep, doop, beep, doop, boop. You know what I mean? They like that, that you're going to say something funny. You're enough, David. You don't have to be a jester. You're enough. Uh, I just got the results back. I have to be, they told me. My therapist told me. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to save on delivery? 
DashPass from DoorDash is your door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. DashPass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, DashPass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, DashPass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. So, Chris, so I <laughs> I went into therapy with Conan's therapist. I piggybacked on his therapist at five. I was in it for five years. What? Right. What? So you went through it intensely, right? So what's the headline? What is, what's the takeaway? For you, you know, mine was is that I have a hard time taking care of myself. I'm always trying to help other people. That'd be one of them. You know, I bought a guitar for my nephew, a really nice guitar. And then I had a hard time buying myself a guitar. And I, I have a lot of money. And I said, God, I'm sick. So, I'll Yeah, I mean, honestly, this apartment is probably the first real purchase I've made for myself in about I don't know, 28 years. Right. Since I got that Corvette for- Oh, you know at SNL? I mean? like, at SNL, like, like life-changing pur- purchase. Like, and so what was that? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. always doing for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what I've learned in therapy is like, you know, childhood trauma is like some real shit. And you yeah. got to until you deal with all your childhood shit, nothing, you just, you, you know, nothing's going to work out for you. You got to, you got to start at the beginning. It's like working on a script. Okay. Interesting. Page one. So when I met you, you were a, a young man, but well, you, a young you, man. I, were, were you ever kind of like snarky and spoiled in high school? Cause by the time I met you, you seemed kind of like this guy, at least in maturity, you weren't bitter. You weren't snarky. You were never in a group with comedians kind of uh, shitting on some yeah. other comedian. So I noticed that attitude you had as a young man. But I guess 
the childhood stuff for me, it was like I had a lot of anger, and it it was in my stand up, it was in my characters, and once in a while I'd go off on any kind of authority figure that turned into my dad, but I I got you know I got past that. But I, how did your anger express itself then to you? I mean, here's the weird thing: it's when I was, um, I mean, my childhood, I was bullied ridiculously half of it the bullying because i was just a little guy and then i got bused to school so i got i was a little guy and i was black mm -hmm. right it's hard so it's yeah. like i'm getting double bullied i would if i was white i would have probably got bullied too but it was just double. like ah. mm -hmm. but you're it also just, supposed to be tough probably yeah it was pretty rough right and it was pretty like every day so I, it's weird. I had a weird uh, temper. I'm going to, it's going to be a weird thing. I was the oldest of seven mm -hmm. and, and I was weird, weirdly smaller than my younger brothers. Uh, so it was a weird thing where your brothers like, Hey, so-and-so down the block bothered me. And I'm, I'm like, I got to fucking go protect oh, Andre wow, or Tony. Yeah. Wow. And I'm fucking smaller than them. So anyway, one day a guy, a guy really disrespected me really bad, like mushed me at a party and like mushed me and pushed like kind of like kicked sand on my face in front of girls yeah. and shit. And I went home, I put a brick in a book bag. This is like a legendary story in my like bad right? boys. Yeah. And I fucking swung that shit and smacked this guy in the face with this brick and then stomped him Joe Pesci style. Wow. Now, to the point, we thought he might die for like, even like three days later, every time a cop or whatever would come through the block, would be like, we we're literally talking about ways of getting me this down south, like that would have helped. Huh. Long story short, from that day on, as, as my shrink puts it to me, you have been scared to be angry ever since. Mm. So I so the guy you saw was bending over backwards to be nice because I was so scared of my anger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I was -like. frightened of what you know my my shrink, my good the good shrink I got, you know, <laughs> like the top top guy. There's good ones and bad ones. Yeah, definitely. There's good ones and bad ones. Mm -hmm. You know, and he broke it down. It's like we got to get you over that incidents right because you're a nice guy and this guy brought out something in you and you're so scared of that thing coming out of you again yeah that you let the whole world walk all over you. Mm -hmm. your friends walk over you your family walks over you your 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 female relationships like everybody just fucks you over because it's somewhere in there they know you there's a force field holding you back Interesting. So, so conf in the confrontation weird way, so I'm tough. like the opposite of you mm -hmm. in the sense that in the last year, now I can get angry. Right. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of letting people know how I feel about certain that, things. My yeah. therapy was about that too, though, because I was always yeah. the nice guy holding stuff in and not really. Uh, my aggression, my competitiveness overrode the nice guy because people who ask me, who meet me now, well, did you just allow other cast members like oh no lauren do their sketch that kind of thing there was a natural competition in me but in my personal relationships i i hated confrontation because uh. when, when confrontation happened at my house bodies flew 
My dad was just really violent. So I, even all my siblings are like that. We don't like confrontation. Yeah, no, that's, and that uh, goes my, too my far. House too. It wasn't yeah. violent per se, but it was loud as fuck. Yeah. So. But those things stick with you just loud. Yeah, it just sticks with you. So now, yeah, I can kind of, I, I can tell you, um, hey, I didn't like what you said to me or I didn't like what you, without losing my head, without. Anybody well, that's, all, that's a home run for therapy. Let me ask yeah. you a question. So this apartment, I can't see much of it. So it was a mental leap for you to buy this for yourself. It, yes. Because you're all, you were frugal too in a way, right? You're always, you, you wouldn't be the guy who would spe spend to the hill. I would say your best manager or agent is a low monthly nut. That is like. <laughs> right. You you don't want to be doing the, the fifth lead on. You know, yeah. If you can keep a low monthly nut, chances are your career will be able Make good choices. You know? Yeah. 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 You don't have to say yeah. You, there's meetings you don't even have to take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When the cameo guy calls you up, you don't fucking return. They called it fuck you money in the 80s. And I guess that's kind of yeah. what it is. Like, or now it's just no thank you. No thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No thank you. Yeah. When you but, said um, you're married and you go, <laughs> I think it's Mirac, that are you scared she's going to take 50% and you go, 50? It's 80 now. <laughs> it is, you go, it you is don't 80. buy yourself much but when Chris, you're married. Did, didn't we have that conversation at the 40th backstage? What did we have? I, I thought it was, I mean, there's so much there. You told me about the divorce and you, you said, well, it's half. And, you know, I just mentioned that other people I'd known in the business and they go, well, it's half of you know, community property. And then the alimony adds up to more like 60, 70%. It's about 70. Yeah. Okay. 70%, 70, which is fair. It <laughs> is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's insane. I, uh, That's insane. Yeah, I always say my, my ex-wife has made more money off of comedy than uh, Robert Townsend. She <laughs> 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 uh, also said once, well, I'm the only comedian that has to drive a cab at night. You I'm going to change that so to Uber because yeah, I'm know. updating my app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What did I want to get off my chest recently? Well, it's probably something you got to get off your chest because we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We just keep things bottled up and then it starts to affect us negatively, David. Negatively. Yeah, it was something about when I was merging and the people weren't waving back to me and bothered me. But, you know, that th mm -hmm. that's a small stress, but it can be bottled up and yep. get bigger. Therapy mm -hmm. is a safe space to get things off your chest uh, and how to yeah. figure out, well, you know, you got to work through whatever's weighing you down. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And I, I was in therapy. I'm there here and there now, but for five years and you know, it does challenge your thoughts because I'm going to, this is kind of, I don't know if this is profound, but you are your thoughts in some ways. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking redundant negative things or sad things or whatever, a therapist can kind of get you out of that kind of negative pattern. So mm -hmm. be the best mm -hmm. version of yourself. Um, you know, and sometimes it can be small things. It can be major trauma. I think either way, mm -hmm. it's good to talk to someone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just mm -hmm. fill out a brief questionnaire get matched with a licensed therapist switch therapist if uh you're not into it yeah. anytime yeah. no additional charge mm -hmm. get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash f-o-t-w today and get 10 percent off your first month 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash F-O-T-W. What kind of choices are you making now as far as uh, girlfriends and stuff or dating or like how are you and this therapy is informing all of that? And I think women generally do like when someone's straightforward, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I'm just not as desperate as I've been in the past. Okay. Just, you know, just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not like that thing where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe someone's paying attention to me. And then, you know, right, right. And then you're in this weird lopsided thing where you both, you both have one thing in common. You adore her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's a quote. I want you guys both to comment on worship her. This quote, just comment on Uh it. Okay. Whether it's true or not. Men want to be admired and women want to be loved by a man they admire it's pretty accurate i guess i guess i mean i don't men want to be admired by who the woman I, in their by life your peers well that's like too. when i make yeah yeah i mean like when i make the special or whatever the only thing people i care about is like you guys <laughs> right uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, com- I'm so flattered <laughs> Not even comedians, just mm. comedians. I think they're funny. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's <laughs> the rest I can. And we know we we're in the tribe. We know what like when we see you on stage. Well, I always love how you you have the cord and the way you move, and you're all dressed up and you look great. And the crowd's going crazy and you're just hammering it. I know what work went into that. I'm like fuck. You know, and then to throw it all away and just be connected to it. Like I, I was really curious about this particular line you had, these anthems. And one was a man's only as faithful as his options, which it seems like it was just hanging around, but it became quotable with my friends. It's what not whether it's absolutely true, but it's just a very funny, astute observation. It's pretty true. Um Calm, I don't think I came it. up with it. I think like one of my uncles said it to me. Well, that's how, that's sh- that's coming up with I it. And I shoved it in a joke. Yeah, but that's coming up with it. You know, noticing it, and I think I can use that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that one follows me everywhere. <laughs> really? Oh, good. Good and bad. You know. Oh, it's like everybody. A little too close with for. Yeah, it's people. like any girl you date. It's like man's only as faithful as his options. You know, like. He's there, they're like, sir, are you out of options? You're like, hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, hey. My, painted my yourself crazy. in the corner. I had it. Well, isn't that special? I can't get away from it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Rock, what? what are the three top things that people on the street know you for? They know me for. I mean, Is they know me for. It's weird. It's like, especially because of YouTube. Yeah. They don't even know whole specials. They just know jokes about yeah, this yeah. or that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's- like like specials end up becoming mixed together on some level. Sure. They don't so, know. They just go, that joke, you told this joke. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... I you Madagascar, lot of, too. I was on... Uh, I, I did a lot of Oprah Winfrey when after Bring the Pain. I remember <laughs> so that. So there's a certain amount... You'd be amazed at the housewives that... Mm. Or the you know that are into that know what I do, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's not SNL anymore. It's more movies here or there. It's I don't know. I'm I'm like uh, 
I don't know. It's like, remember when we were kids and you just see, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Certain people were just famous and you couldn't even figure out why. Yeah. You're like, why is Charo famous? <laughs> you know what was hard for me Tiny to realize? Tim. <laughs> when people yeah, you're like, okay. were recognizing me, I thought, oh, it was so great until I heard one people, one person say, oh, I know that guy, he sucks. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't mean they like me. It just means they know who I am. They just know you. I mean, I'll tell you this, they're grownups. Is fucking, yeah, grownups is a big one. You're right, you're right. I don't say, really, I any young person, my God, grownups. We're keeping the lights Woo! on at TBS, I'll tell you, because it's on like- Yeah, TBS. Heavy rotation. Plays grownups literally all the time. One and two, um, one and two. You know what question I got, which you guys would might not like? Um, in my last interview, they go, uh, when were you the most famous? And I <laughs> thought, I know what he means. And I said, the real answer even... is right now because everything's accumulation. And then they've well, seen there, me. There's think, fame and then there's heat. There's there's hot where the exactly, phone's ringing right. on exactly. the hook. So I could tell That's you when I was, was hot, about. but yeah. I'm more famous now than I've ever been, but exactly. in around... It's, me and Chappelle always let, joke about it. I always go, uh, yeah, back when I was Drake. That's like, that's like, yeah, drink, drink them up. 2002, yeah, four. I was Drake, you know, whatever, from 96 to about 2007. It's like the fourth, yeah. fourth special in a row. It was like that, four specials yeah, in a row. All it was crushed. very Drake-like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, there's no million dollar nights now, but there were. Those are you. Well, Bill Burr, I don't know. What are these? What does he get? No, 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 no. Bill Burr, please. Bill yeah. Burr's. Yeah. If you could yeah. do Madison Square Garden, you do an arenas. Yeah. You, can, you know, Sebastian does two. Sebastian does two shows a night at arenas. Yeah. <laughs> unreal. It's that unreal. Guy, yeah. I loved it. That guy really stood out for me. I mean, in the last oh, five years, as just funnier. You, yeah. especially you go watch him at the store, you can't not laugh. Oh, I laugh. I, I, I was in the back of the store and, and just going, oh my God, who the fuck is this guy? I was, and then I come in the next time I saw his name, I go in and watch. When, the funny thing now to me is when people were playing like Madison Square Garden, like I think you've played it, Chris, there, there's these big places you hear of like in Boston, TD Gardens, whatever it's called. There's so many big ones. The forum. It used to be reserved for like Eddie Murphy, maybe, and maybe someone else. And now, when you hear people that aren't even household names to me, well, and you go, yeah. "This guy's playing this play," you go, "Whoa! This is a whole new world." Where through a podcast or through YouTube or through their specials, where it is a little under the radar, but they have a crowd that comes out. It's 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 pretty well, unbelievable. It's great. I think the exposure and social media and everything else is they become friends with you so it's kind of like your friend nobody is playing madison square garden you know yeah and also i i think there's more i i know in europe and around the world they always respected stand-up as a high art but yeah. in america it's the stand-ups are becoming it's the real artists yeah. <laughs> yeah because um in music music's become a a producer's medium yeah so it's, there's not a lot of singer songwriting. There's not a lot of no one gives a fuck about liner notes anymore. Mm -hmm. So the people that actually think are the comedians. You know what right. I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so there's kind of a because you write your own big, stuff, which is hard to yeah, do. Yeah, it's like you know, uh, hey, I love Rihanna. 
Tom Segura is a better artist. You know what I mean? He writes all the shit. Yeah. He writes. He writes all of his stuff. You know, mm -hmm. not Rihanna's great. She's amazing. She's, you know, but you know, in the in the tradition, the nerdy tradition of coming up with your own stuff. Would you rather date Rihanna or Tom Segura? Be honest. I would rather date Rihanna. I would. Tom Segura is a great example of someone that does. I won't say numbers, but he does a podcast. And then I ran into him, and he goes, "We do these live ones." So he makes a shitload off his regular podcast, and then it's a live one, and it's crazy. Where I go, you do not make that a three-hour podcast. He's like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, and then he goes, the "Next one we did, it doubled." I was like, "I, I, wild, I don't know." Wild. So I, yeah, I he's his podcast is great, and that's an example of that. Where I often thought when the web first came out, why couldn't I? Could I get a million people to pay me a dollar a month, and I'll just go ape shit on YouTube? And that's starting to happen a little bit where someone, I don't, I don't know Tom's numbers, but I would guess if he charges 10 bucks and he gets 50,000 people on his live YouTube little podcast, he's making a half million. Yeah, I mean, you know? yeah, I understand too, like, you know, I don't want to get too technical. Humans need people to talk, right? So whatever, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, philosophers used to be famous. There's no more fucking philosophers. Mm -hmm. uh, people used to be religious and, and went to a church every week. No one goes to church anymore. So the only place people actually can hear people say their thoughts mm -hmm. is through stand-up. It's really hard. We're the last, <laughs> the last of the speakers. And you know what I mean? The last of the thinkers. Hmm. Have that you are seen some of, these, anyway. some of these preachers, by the way, are similar. They walk the stage, they're talking, they're rallying people, they're talking, everyone's oh, I, into it. When I'm Sam writing Kennison. new material, I watch preachers just as much as I write watch stand-ups. Really? That's interesting. You yeah. come off a little bit like that. You work the stage, you're like a panther. Well, my grandfather was a preacher, my great-grandfather, like all, I have preachers in my in my family line. Well, you see, they're oh. performers. It, what, what works? It works for them. They're loud, they give it to them, people They find listening. a premise, they milk it, yeah, they, I yeah. would. When my my two sons were doing stand up, and they had the the main problem. So I was around open micers a lot, and the main thing was lack of clarity in the setup. So I actually put you on <laughs> one of your specials. <laughs> I said, "Look at this guy's language. This clarity of really digging into the premise. Everyone knows where he is, and then he drops the hammer." So, you know, that, that makes sense to me. And obviously, Sam Kennison was a preacher. You could really see that, you know. Yeah. You might yeah, not. one of the best. The hardest guy to Kennison. follow. I followed him Fucking once. The hardest Kennison. guy to follow ever. I auditioned for Saturday Night Live and followed him as an unknown in 84 no. at the comedy store. With wow. no MC in between. Sam levitates the room and now Dana Clarko. <laughs> Death. Death. I had no way out. There was nowhere to go, man. David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human-grade ingredients. Safe, clean kitchens, all that stuff matters.
Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why Why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs- much lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put it in their bowl and they go, what is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh, yeah. I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop. <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. So Farmer's Dog isn't just higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat Mm -hmm. and skin, better breath, if you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't matter if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. So Chris, Uh, as far as just fun, as stand-up, how much do you, what size room and what's the situation? Like for me in a small room where I've got a notepad and I have some bits and I'm trying out new stuff, that is the most pure fun um, for me as far as stand-up. I mean, it's weird. I I start next week or the week after I go to, a, I'm not going to say where because I don't know when this is airing, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm playing a club. Three years. Ten nights in a row <laughs> in the middle of America doing two shows a night. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get it. Try to get an act together so I can go on tour next year. Uh, that is fun. Once you once you get enough bits and that are working. I mean, isn't the greatest feeling a, a new bit it's unreal. that's unreal. coming together? It's, un- right? it's un- I mean, you my still favorite got it. time is early in a tour. You've been on stage about forty five minutes. You're killing, and you know. And I just feel the audience is like, "Oh, you motherfuckers ain't heard shit yet." You're, like, you're loaded like, up. You're all you're, like, you're happy. Oh, you guys think you just heard a great joke? When yeah. you hear this, and your closure's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever wrote a bit, Chris, where it came together so perfectly that you thought, "Man, I don't know if I can write something that good again." I mean, or equal to it. You know. So- I'll say this: this bit when my daughter Lola was born, the doctor hands me my child. And literally out of my mouth, I'm like, gotta keep her off the pole. It just came out of my fucking. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> gotta keep- I was like, I gotta keep her off the pole. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah. Stripper pole. And it was yeah. like one, yeah, of, yeah. one of the best, one of the best bits I ever came up with. It was like, should I just I get that. women pregnant to come up with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's fun. It's like a song. I'm sure you ask uh, any song. You know, people sometimes they're one hit wonders. But there's one hit wonders where I go, this is such a perfect song. Like everything about it is working. Everything. Yeah. And you go, and you don't want to be that as a comedian. So there's only a few things when you get older that still get me going. It's like, there's a few tiny things in life. And one is coming up with new ideas just, or saying something fast in real life. You're like, I fucking am. Thank God my brain still works because that's fun. And when you still like to do stand up or still like to write jokes, 
I'm happy because I know some people that are burned out on showbiz or burned out on that, and they just don't like it anymore, but they go through the motions or a comic that travels with the same hour for about 20 years, which they used to a lot. Same act, same every year you'd see them. They come around to your city and I'm like, fuck, they didn't change anything, but it was okay. Now it's fun to, to write and see if you can scrape together another hour that's good. But isn't that, uh, sometimes I would say I'm embittered by it, but I'm like envious and I'll just say the Rolling Stones. I'm just envious of people. Uh, of but we we have to create new material, and rock stars can just do their yeah. Top Fifteen. We don't even want them to. And I I really believe the Stones are better than they've ever been because I think really winding down on a song over decades where you just know it so well, and Jagger never stops working. I mean, he you know, and he can he's his voice is exactly where it needs to be at almost 80. But with stand-up, you're like, I can't, okay, got to start, fuck, a whole new hour? I mean, it's like. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it's, and it doesn't get any easier. No. I'm sitting here right now, I'm like, okay, I got, I literally have shows in next, in, two, in, le, in less than two weeks, I have fucking shows. Well, there's yeah. two, Tickets. there's two things going on. There, there's, there's Chris Rock unknown, surprising the audience. Now yeah. the expectation is, woo. You know when they do, do, when they introduce you to make sure they don't go over the top with it because I've I've been dropping it, Mike's ladies and gentlemen. You know this guy's gonna bring it. You're gonna really, you know, what's your what what do you want the MC to do for you in the club? He's trying out stuff. What do you want him to say? I just just say my name, no credits. Okay. Just don't hype it up. You or know, scream. but I mean, it's weird because it's like you can't get away from being Chris Rock. You can't get away from being who you are. And yeah. by the way, you can't get away. From being who you are to the guy intro introducing you, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, because that guy's a comedian, and he this is what he's. I met Joe. I met Joe Coy once ten years ago with Lovitz, or maybe it was twelve, and he started tearing up just meeting me. Yeah, he started get wise with water. I go, Joe, it's okay. You know, he's huge now, but uh, there there is that expectation, and you try to remember the way they see you. You know, the way you would see someone above the food chain when you were starting. It's interesting. Yeah, somebody, yeah. I forget who used to say it. Somebody said at their first letterman, they sat down and it was like talking to a $5 bill. Because <laughs> like, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Letterman, letterman was so intimidating to me that the last few years, I, I would just get on my heels. I, I'd be in the wings and I'd see them. The last thing I'd say when they'd introduce my name, don't give this show too much respect. Like pretend it's Bakersfield today, just to get past the intimidation yeah. of David Letterman. There was something about New York, that theater in him, and I didn't know he I liked was intimidated me. by Biff. Biff was standing. <laughs> Biff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was like looking out, and he's like thirty seconds. I'm like, fuck, Biff, I gotta go out there. And I know. They, he's so casual, and I'm like, all right, I gotta get his level. Yeah, like, I remember just, being. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe Biff wasn't an actor. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he was on the show. He's the last thing you see. He actually was. And they make him work. He really wanted affirmation from Biff. (laughs) How's it doing, Biff? Biff, you all right? Cool. I was like, Biff, you know, there was a time Biff was more famous than me. I was like, fuck yeah. Where's your dressing room, Biff? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's let him go, Dana. We we did good with him. Uh, This was so much fun, Chris. It's always good. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. 
Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. Production and engineering led by Greg Holtzman, Richard Cook, Serena Reagan, and Chris Basil of Cadence 13.